Hey there, Mike. Hello, can you hear me? Uh, I can hear you, yeah. Can you hear oh, me? Oh, very good. <laughs> There's a little word there. Loud and clear. <laughs> All right, cool. Good, good. What, what do you got going on? It looks like a whiteboard behind you or something. You know, I feel like we're answering questions, and I might have to write something down. But then I realized, is everything backwards? I, yeah, I think so. I think it gets mirrored so, with the uh, camera. Is that, like, that's not your how we spell your name, right? Uh, I don't think so, no. <laughs> yeah, so um, we might have a small issue. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we, might, we, we, we might not need it. Anyway, right, I'm feeling cool. like standing in yeah, front yeah. of a whiteboard today. You know, well, hey, different. you're in like you're in like teacher mode. That's cool. Um, I'm in teacher mode. Do you got Do you at least have a coffee? I've got the tail end of a very big nitro that I needed today. Oh, all right, good deal. How about Just you? Get, get, How about you? Get you going. I got a little. I got a little coffee in here. Just hit the old Keurig. Look, it was done in time this week, so I can actually drink it. Awesome. Which I like. Yeah. Um, so we did. We did get a couple questions, and uh, I saw that. I, I have them. Ri- I have them written backwards I t- in, in order here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and anybody who like tunes in is more than welcome to throw a question into the comments, and we'll uh, we'll try to get to it. Don't know if we'll cover all these questions, but we'll do our best. Yeah. Sounds good. So, I wrote down the list in, I think, the same order you did. I can't really tell, but we'll figure <laughs> it out. So um, You can't read backwards? I have a tough time. Maybe, I wonder if you know I just, hold up a, a mirror to the camera. Yeah, no, just turn no, around. That, just, just, just turn around and read if it. I go, You'll be fine. If I go, <laughs> all right, yeah. Um, good. So I think the first one is the top of foot pain that some yeah, folks yeah. – have asked. I actually got, I think, two questions about that. So, like, um, I know I've experienced that top of foot pain occasionally when I get a shoe that is a little too shallow for my foot. Like, I have a pretty high instep. So, if mm-hmm. I get a shoe that doesn't have enough depth to it, then I'll like tighten it up and I'll get some pressure on the top of the foot, and that can cause like a little bit of pain on the top of the foot. Um, and we do have like a kind of a solution for that if there is that issue, like if that's the issue and the shoe is too shallow for your foot, you just kind of use, you know, you like crossover shoelaces. Yeah, like yeah. When you look down, your shoelaces are crossed over. If you can, where that pressure is, just like skip it, right? So don't cross over right. on that particular part of the foot. Just make like a little window where that pressure is. So loop that it up the sometimes. side in the next hole, right? Yeah, so loop it up the side, skip that, kind of don't cross over on that part where that pressure is, and that can help alleviate some of that top of foot pain. Um, but you might have some other kind of tips as to what that could be or, like, any way that folks could deal with it. So what do you think? Yeah, so at its simplest, that is definitely um, – a good trick because a lot of people come in and it is a a compression of the tissue on there. So you have Mm -hmm. your toe extensor tendons, the ones that lift your toes up and help dorsiflex the foot that run Mm -hmm. right in that spot. So like you, if you have a high arch or high end step, or you have a really thick, like Fred Flintstone type of foot, um, Mm -hmm. then there's not enough room in the sneaker. And if you you tend to really 
lace it up really tight, then you can just irritate the soft tissue and sometimes even irritate the tendon as it's kind of sliding underneath that the tightness of the laces. So we make the same recommendation, try to avoid that area of, of where the pain is and lace it around like above and below. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of times with that, it's just a soft tissue thing. You can get a, a tendonitis in those same tendons, not caused by the shoe, but just possibly if your toes, which help dorsiflex the ankle, and dorsiflexing mm -hmm. is bringing like the top of your foot towards your shin. If they're working yeah. extra hard because your calf is so tight, then you can get an overuse type of work on those tendons. So ah, okay. it's another it's another way that the tendons can get irritated. So it's kind of a, a weird thing, but we end up treating the opposite side of the leg by loosening up your calf and your Achilles, which will free up the work in the front side. Does ah, that make well, sense? Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I always yeah. find that tends to be when when we talk about like injuries and stuff, it seems to be like, oh, I have a pain here. Well, let's look at the opposite side of where that thing is. <laughs> right. We'll fix that. Yeah. We don't care where your pain is. We just want to treat something else. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. No, but it, yeah, yeah, no, it's very true because the, where the the site of your pain is not where the site of your problem is all the time, especially with running injuries. Sometimes it could be. Um, yeah. But yeah, for something like that, sometimes it's just an, an overworked thing because of that tension in the back. So we address the backside. You know, the next stage of what possibly could be there is I've seen stress fractures in the bones, um, the tarsal bones and metatarsals in that part of the foot. So if it's a pain, I'm not sure who asked, but if it's a pain that you know, it's not getting better, they tried the lacing, maybe even gotten some soft tissue work done or getting it, gotten it assessed, and it's just not getting better and that pain comes on around the same time of every run or it's starting to get worse and you're limping around with walking, then probably an x-ray or some diagnostic testing may be needed to rule out you know, stress injury to the bone. Got it. Okay, cool. And so I think the next question um, I had was about socks. So it was very, it was a little bit kind of specific. So the question was actually like, I have good comfy running socks, but sometimes when I wear them, I get a pain on my foot. And so my thought was it's kind it probably has something to do with the same issue, like the compression thing. Some of these socks that are running socks are really tight. And so mm -hmm. it could just be, you know, that that sock might have a little bit too much compression and maybe to look into a sock that maybe isn't so tight through the arch area. Um, with running socks in general, a good running sock you want to make sure it doesn't have any seams. You want to make sure it's polyester or wool-based blend um, just to move moisture. Usually running socks are like a lower cut type of sock. Um, so if you can, make sure you get one with a little tab so it doesn't slide down into your shoe. We've all been there for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so like our number one selling sock kind of checks all of those boxes, it's the Belega Hidden Comfort. So if you're just like a runner, Great you're sock. like, I need a comfortable running sock, Belega Hidden Comfort, whatever color you want, get that one, you'll be happy, guaranteed. And they, they and don't I, even pay me to say that. Well, they should, because you. I think you turned me on to those socks years ago, and they are the most comfortable socks, and I can never wear them because my family just takes them out of the dryer and they wear them. So I got to go get well, some more for the family. There you go. <laughs> got to load up. Um, right, so hopefully yeah. that answers sock questions. Um, yeah. So uh, from you... my perspective, there's not really 
we don't see sock injuries. The only thing we've ever seen is mm-hmm. when the old school socks had seams or the not athletic socks, um, they might get some skin irritation, but um, I was hoping you were going to answer that one because mm-hmm. I didn't have much to add to that. Yeah, well, I hope I answered it. We'll see. I'll probably get some other questions about socks. But yeah. anyway, let's move on. Next, What's the next one on your list? Because I okay. can't see it. You're a little fuzzy at the moment, but we'll see. Uh, am I fuzzy? Oh, shoot. Am I you're fuzzy just, right you're now? You're fuzzy. You're very – like I can see – I can see you moving, but and I can hear you. It's a little fuzzy, and it's backwards, so um, I can't read it anyway. All right, I've got I, I, I have my acronym. Well, my initials here RTR, which basically means return to yep. running. There's a couple of questions about how do you return to running like after yeah. some time off, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have any any perspective from your end off the bat? Yeah, I mean, if it's so, if you're someone who's been out of running for like a really long time, what I would suggest is start with like a run walk program. So like, you maybe it's been years since you've been out there running, and you might feel like if you're like me, you think like you're 25 again and you can do it. You, mentally, you think I can go run five miles, no problem. I used to do this all right. the time. Blah blah blah. Don't do that. You'll probably get hurt, and or you'll get discouraged. Um, a run walk program. You know, start with like ten minutes total. One minute run, one minute walk for ten minutes. Get that confidence. Build some strength, um, and just get comfortable running again. You know. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah you absolutely. Really if you need a little bit more guidance, there's plenty of like couch to 5k apps. We have like a beginning runner group program. If you need some like support, uh, I think that running and walking combo is a good way to kind of build some strength back and get some confidence going. Cause I did have one that was one question that was specific about like, if I am getting back into running, how do I make sure I'm strong enough? And I think walking is a great way to kind of get you prepared for running. And maybe you can build on that with some other things to help folks get strong enough to get back into running. Yeah, I got things on that. And I'll try to make it quick because obviously this is a pretty popular topic in my world. So yes, a walk mm-hmm. run program is ideal, especially for people who yes. aren't really coming off an injury. They're just getting into running, right? And we have a I think it's a seven step return to run. There's all different versions, but it's a combination of walking a lot and running very little. And then as you progress through the weeks, you end up uh, walking very little and running a lot. And it's just a gradual progression. So um, Mm -hmm. that's one topic Um, coming off some time off, like from an injury or vacation. um, There's a thing called the acute chronic load ratio. And I was going to, the reason I bought the whiteboard is I'm going to write it down, but it's going to be backwards. So if anyone wants to really read this, flip it in a mirror. I don't know what you got to do, but I can't believe technology. We can't do this the right way. But basically <laughs> what you're going to do. So let's say right now, Eric, you're trying to plan for next week's run. You figure out, we want to figure out what your mileage is going to be, mm-hmm. right? So you would take, um, so you take what, let's say you want to do 40 miles, right? So you take that. And then you divide it by the previous four week average. Okay. And I know that's all backwards. Okay. So let's say, let's say you did a 45 mile week and you did a 50 mile week. Then you did a 55 mile week, but then you Mm -hmm. got sick and you took a whole week off. 
right? Okay. So you have, and I got my, I did a little cheat sheet here. Yeah. So if you have 45, then 50, then 55, then zero, that average is 37.5. Okay. So mm -hmm. if you want to run, let's change this to 50 miles. Let's say if you said, Hey, I was up to 55 miles two weeks ago. So I'm going to just shave off five miles and we'll be good. So I'm going to plan on running 50 miles next week. If you divide 50 by this number, 37.5, which is your average, if you're mm -hmm. at 1.2, that, um, that ratio, if it's at 1.2 or less, the research tells you that's a pretty safe um, mileage for you to run. In this example here, mm -hmm. if you want to run 50 and your average is 37.5, your ratio would be 1.35, which the research says will increase your risk of injury. When you get ah. up to like a, yeah, when you get up to a 1.6, now you've almost doubled your chances of getting hurt. Whether you're coming off an injury or whether it was vacation or travels, whatever it was that took you off, you have to consider that time off. What most people don't do is that, consider that week off. They'll just go back to the previous mileage. Oh yeah, you know, I was running, you know, I was averaging almost 50 plus miles. So I'm just going to go back to do that. And that's when we see a lot of people get hurt. They'll come in and they'll sit down and say, I was doing great. Then I had to go travel for a family funeral in California. And I was gone for two weeks and couldn't really run. Mm -hmm. Came back, tried to pick up on my mileage. And then boom, oh, injury happens. Hurt. Bam. Boom. Yeah. Crazy. So yeah, so it's called the acute chronic load ratio. And um, chronic load ratio. Yeah, if you look it up, there's a bunch of people have it. Myself, this was originally done on Australian football players. Um, and then a lot of us, especially in the running world, have taken it and used it and just turned it into like a running formula. But if at the most basic sense, like when we talk about progression, I think we might have talked about it before, the 10% rule. So 10% would be a 1.0, right? The research is saying 1.2 or less and you're safe. So that's a 12% rule. So well, it goes back go. to, it's yeah, it goes close. back to keep it, keep it simple, man. Keep it simple, stupid. And go, if you're progressing, do the 10% rule. But people who have that week off, do this formula, put in what you think you want your mileage to be. And as long as it's 1.2 or less, you're good to go. So I hope that helps math. some of the questions that were out there. <laughs> math, man. You, you can a, do so many things with math. You know, I had cheat sheets right over here because I couldn't do the math in my, in my head. Um, but as soon as you know the formula, it's easy. Right. They got calculators. You can use a calculator. They yeah. do have calculators. Yeah. I've used them a couple uh, times. <laughs> but also, too, on that return to run, if anyone has a specific, um, if, they don't, if they can't find a good one, just shoot me an email you can, or shoot me a message through Instagram or whatever. I will be more than happy to share the one that we use. Um, and I'll just um, get it out to you. Quick little PDF. Cool, man. Um, yeah. You know what's funny? I mentioned Belega socks. You see these socks right here? Those are feature socks. I probably should have, you know. Oh. These are feature good ones with two, as well. Those are good. With yeah, two like E's, feature. right? Feature. Yes, yes, yeah. Feature. Um, <laughs> all right, next one. Back of heel issues is what I have on my list. Yeah. Back of heel issues. So sometimes back of heel issues that's kind of a wide thing. So like you can get a blister on the back of your heel from an ill fitting shoe. If your shoe don't, don't, if your shoe don't fit, if your shoe does not fit properly, then you might move around like up and down in the back of the shoe. And that can cause yeah. some back of heel issues where you get like a blister or like uh, just some friction back there that you really don't need. So a better fitting shoe back there can help. You can do like a, uh, 
when you look at your shoes, there's usually like an extra eyelet that you can lace your shoelaces through. And that can sometimes help lock that heel in a little better. Um, and then there is a another trick. We call it the runner's knot. Um, it's a little bit tricky to just talk about. So just go to YouTube and look up runner's knot. Do that if you feel like your heel slipping out of the back of your shoe. And that should help lock you in. Um, but that's from my perspective, back of heel issues. I know too, like Achilles stuff, you could get a heel lift to put in your shoe, but I'll let you talk about that a little bit more sure. from your perspective. All right. How much time do we have? Because heel pain is a, that's a, that's a two hour <laughs> yeah, that's right a, there. That's, <laughs> it's a very broad issue, but do yeah. your best. All right. Well, well, uh, I'm not sure what kind of answers um, the person is looking for, what the exact um, problem is. But here's the the gist of it. Most people who go see a healthcare professional and they say they have heel pain, they automatically get diagnosed with plantar fasciitis. Not mm -hmm. all heel pain is plantar fasciitis, okay? But that is one huge source of, of um, heel pain, especially with runners. Mm -hmm. So um, plantar fascia is the, you know, connective tissue on the bottom of the foot, starts at the ball of the the ball of the foot where the toes and metatarsals meet and it kind of attaches to the high, to the like inside of your heel. Um, so like the medial part of your heel. Um, that mm -hmm. typically has some pretty normal symptoms. Like you get out of bed, your first step, you're like, oh, that really hurts. And there's some soreness. And then after you know, 10, 20 steps, you're okay. If you sit too long, mm -hmm. you get up and there's pain under there. So those are the common signs for it. But that's just one of many causes of heel pain. Um, another cause is Achilles tendon issues for sure. Um, which we mm -hmm. see. And there's also, there's like nerve impingement issues back there that most people don't consider. Like if you don't get diagnosed with plantar fasciitis, when you go see your general practitioner, you're going to get diagnosed with Achilles tendonitis. It's like one of those two, because they don't look much <laughs> right. further. But you get, this thing's called like tarsal tunnel syndrome, because there's a tunnel there where vessels go through and it can be impinged. Um, there's a thing called Baxter's neuropathy, where you can get a one branch of your calcaneal nerve just gets irritated. And that could be, if it's a really thin foot, that could be something with, with uh, footwear. There could be just a, a poor fitting shoe and there's a lot of friction and irritation that could be causing some irritation there, or it could be a structural mm -hmm. thing. Either way, heel pain never really goes away very easily. It's something you want to get looked at and get a, a proper diagnosis. And to get a proper mm -hmm. diagnosis, you want to see someone who sees a lot of feet, whether it's a podiatrist or chiropractor that actually does a lot of feet or a therapist that does a lot of feet and runners. Mm -hmm. um, so I can't really get into it much more than get it looked at sooner than later because mm -hmm. heel pain can last way too long. Right. Right. Um, yeah. What do you have? What's next on your list there? I can't, I can't see. Okay, it. I'm crossing Backwards. off heel pain. Oh, the funny one about someone said they pull their hamstrings every time they do an ice bath. Oh yeah. Hunter. He was the silly, Hunter. silly guy. Is it? Is he, is, is he serious? Is that like, does he get a tight uh, hamstring after? Yeah, I feel like it was a little jokey the way he wrote it. Like, oh, I get a, I get a, pull my hamstring every time I get out of the ice bath and go for a sprint or whatever. I'm like, obviously. Is, is that your Hunter impersonation? Yeah, that's my Hunter impersonation. That's that good. That's good. We yeah. both know Hunter. That's a good impersonation. No. All right, well, <laughs> right. So, but there's, there's a quick thing we can note to that. So if he was kind of serious, I know Hunter can be comical. Um, mm -hmm. When you go into an ice bath or do any sort of cold modality, you're vasoconstricting your blood vessels. So things get tight. Things mm -hmm. get a little stiff. They get numb, which is good. So there's a pain relief. 
but you never want to try to go and stretch or do something active right after you ice it. That's like the end of activity, end of day type of thing. So if he has mm -hmm. some sort of strain going on and then he's constricting everything even more, he could feel some extra tightness in there. So Hunter, if that is the case, I would do like contrast baths where you do some ice, put some heat, go back to some ice, put some heat. I like that because you like, you basically constrict, then you dilate, then you constrict, then you dilate and you get blood in, get blood out, get blood in. It's like this flushing type of uh, situation going on. Um, ah. I really like it. A lot of people find it beneficial. That's and maybe that's, that's, I was going to say, that's what I do when I stay at hotels. I hop in the hot tub, then I jump in the yep. pool and then I hop back in the hot tub and I jump in the pool because it just feels yeah. good. Right. Uh, or if you're, if you're uh -huh. out skiing, you get the ski lodges, you have the outdoor hot tubs, you get mm -hmm. a big bank of snow right there. Get out, roll around in the snow, jump back in. Get out, roll around in the snow, jump back in. Ah, there we go. It just feels so good. It's awesome. It's really good. Cold plunge is good. Um, <laughs> we have, what do we got? One, two, three more? Are there three more? Well, I think we covered, so I had a couple of them that were like, how do you get back into running, which we talked about. And then one was specifically after plantar fasciitis, which, mm -hmm. um, and I think that might've been the one, like, how do you know you're strong enough? So if I can just touch mm -hmm. on that topic, it might be a little more general, but, um, Mm -hmm. So you, you, you made a great point that you need to be able to walk a certain amount before you run, right? Right. And I also I used to tell my clients, you need to be able to jump. So even just simple hopping, like hopping up and down like this, like you're just jumping rope, you need to be able to tolerate mm -hmm. that before you can run. Just running is basically hopping one foot to the next, right? So mm -hmm. there's, you know, be able to walk 45 to 60 minutes straight, tolerate that fine for, you know, quite a few sessions. Be able to mm -hmm. hop, be able to do like a minute of hopping, 30 seconds off, a minute of hopping, 30 seconds off with two feet. So if you get mm -hmm. the, the baseline of the walking, then you've got that resiliency of the, the two-legged hopping, then you can get into a walk run. So that's that's kind of a safer way. And specifically for plantar fasciitis, it's that the impact, like the plantar fascia is tight and irritated and there's minor little tearing that's going on in there. And you've got to mm -hmm. build the resiliency of it. You don't necessarily have to wait for your pain to be totally gone to return to mm -hmm. running with almost any injury. Um, I hate saying that because most people will return way too soon, but there are some situations where we can return people um, with like a relative rest and a modified schedule. Um, so that's kind of, I think I answered a little bit on the plane of fashion, a little bit on return to running. And the strength thing is that's just, mm -hmm. you got to find out if you're weak or not because weak runners get hurt. Um, typically when you get evaluated for any injury, mm -hmm. if you got a weakness thing going on, We'll, we'll find it as therapists and we evaluate you and we'll show you stuff to address it. And you want to yep. make sure you get that addressed. Gotcha. So it's not like walk before you run. It's walk before you jump, jump before you run. Before you run. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Crawl before so you walk, keep... walk before you jump, yep. jump before you run, run before you race. Because running and racing are different, right? We talked about that last time. Yep. 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 We, we can create a whole chain. We can do a little diagram. You could draw it on the whiteboard. Just the I could, but then... we, I think we're going to run out of time. All right, cool. Well, let's let's see yeah. the next one. So the next one I have on my list is a mental block. Yeah. Which is, again, kind of in this theme of, like, getting back into running, right? So, like, we're, we've been off for, like, hard training, racing for, like, a year. We're kind of getting back into it. A lot of folks will get this kind of mental block where 
you know, they're getting back into it. You hit like some sort of wall where it's getting much harder to run um, and not feel bad, you know, like not get sore or not get out of win- like lose your breath. Um, and it can be tough mentally to get through that wall. Um, what I do a lot of times is I have to like legit tell myself when I'm going through, say I'm out on a run and it's getting harder. I have to tell myself to stop thinking. I legit will be like, Hey, Eric, don't think. Um, because I can get into my own head with this stuff. So like I use the don't think as like a mantra for myself to stop getting into my own head. Cause I'll, start thinking like, oh, you know, my, I can't breathe very well. It's because I haven't trained and I'm not he, I'm not ready to do this. And my foot hurts and my knees achy and I'm a little bit sore from, yeah. So like, but then I have (laughs) to get out of my head. So I just say, Eric, don't think, you know, (laughs) don't think. And I think a mantra of, you know, it doesn't have to be that, but a good mantra can help. Um, Ray and I talked about this on our podcast, I think last week or the week before his mantra is enjoy this, enjoy the run. Right. Like I'm it? out here because I want to do it. I'm out here because yeah. I want to be healthy. Maybe I'm doing it for myself. Maybe I'm doing it for my family. You can mentally get through those hard sessions or hard sections of a run by just like chilling out reminding yourself why you're doing this thing and remembering to enjoy the fact that you're do you're doing something good for yourself right you know it's all about the why all about the why right all about the why yeah and i do find too when sorry you can go ahead mike oh all right i'll go ahead um, so the, um, another thing that I find, and I think we touched on it before, but basically I talking to other people about this stuff can be super helpful yes. as well, because most every runner has gone through some sort of mental block or mental issue. Um, so yep. it's super important to, you know, open up to other people, you know, if Absolutely. you have, if you have an issue, you can always just, just type it in the comment section here and we'll, we'll talk through it, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. We got your back. Yeah. We got so I was going to mention. We're here for you. Yeah. I was actually going to mention something on that point where, yeah, mental blocks can be really tough to get over. Sometimes, if, you know, if you're aware of your self talk and, you know, you got these negative thoughts going on in your head, it's great if you have that, uh, the wherewithal and you're conscious of this and you can, you know, get yourself on the right mindset. But a lot of people need help with that. And that's why there's like mm-hmm. everything from, you know, wellness coaches, meditation coaches, um, sports psychologists, some people do need more help. And a lot of these mental blocks mm-hmm. typically come with performance, you know, that people plateau with their performance and they're training yeah. hard and training hard. And there could be a training issue. They could be um, overtraining, but they're not aware of that. And they don't understand why they're not getting faster. And then they get, you know, this mental block that happens from that. But I would encourage people definitely, mm-hmm. yeah, get the support of your running group, your friends, communities like this, uh, because, you know, we're, we're all in this together and you don't, you can't do everything alone. Uh, but also don't be afraid mm-hmm. to seek like more help more from a coach or, or, um, a professional because, um, like I can't do it myself. I'm fortunate that I got a wife who's a wellness coach and a meditation instructor and 
if I'm in that mindset, she knows she can even hear my voice when I'm in that negative mindset. She'll she'll smack me out of it. I call it an ass kicking, gotcha. but it's, a, it's done. It's done from a loving place. <laughs> a little gen- gentler than that. So that's your advice. To Sometimes marry, marry a wellness coach. <laughs> yeah. marry someone smarter yeah. than you, and you're good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Brian here has a tip. I saw he just commented. He said, "You are not your thoughts. You got to yes. remember that." So Brian there. A good friend of mine, triathlete, coach, he knows more than anyone. He's big into meditation. And uh, I, mm-hmm. I think uh, Brian BJ, we call him, had a quick thing about uh, breath work, which I'm not oh, sure. as versed in. But, yes, um, I used to poo-poo the breathing. I used to think, hey, you breathe in, you breathe out. It was no big deal. And I was like this mm-hmm. physical therapy scientist dude. But I teach almost all my patients how to breathe again. Um, and then there's the breath work that can go- get – you know, tied in with the the mindfulness and the meditation world. I'm not the expert to get into that, but it's extremely important. And that can be used to get over these mental blocks and these hurdles. It's all wrapped in your physical, your mental, your emotional. There's so many people out there that can help. That's why you got to reach out and don't try to fight this on your own. Right, right. Um, Yeah, Brian's so right. You work on the relationship with your thoughts. This yeah, guy, this guy knows what he's talking about. We got to get him well, out here. Li- well, listen, the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm going to plug him. Him and his wife. They're you know they mm-hmm. yoga meditation. They've been doing triathlons for like 20 years. The Yogi Triathlete Podcast. BJ just gave you a plug. Hopefully, people will uh, um, will jump on there. They they know their shit when it comes to this. Boy, just right, cool. Sorry, I know. Jeez, Louise. We'll have to beep that out and post <laughs> censor. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, maybe Lori, Lori here could tune in. She says she needs lots of help. So maybe tune in to BJ's podcast. I might be able to help you out with that stuff. Yeah. Well, Lori, um, give me a call. We can talk. <laughs> right. So, all right. I think I got to wrap this up. And I, and we, yeah, I got, think we I, got, I got a patient list. I, I got to fly. All right. Cool, man. So, well, thank you for uh, doing this. Thanks for everybody who submitted uh, questions and, uh, Thank you to uh, BJ for uh, making some fantastic comments and also having a great podcast to tune into. Yeah, he just he just sent the link in there. Oh, look at that. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. awesome. All right, I got to uh, fly. Thanks, everybody. Cool. We'll see you next week. <laughs>